Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Ports, I'm with you on a Friday morning. It is it's October already. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Hello. And Allison, we just wrapped up momentarily a Zoom call. We're getting pretty good at those. A Zoom call with Blue Jackets GM Yarmo Kekalainen, followed by Blue Jackets Director of Amateur Scouting, Ville Siren. And, of course, the draft is coming up on Tuesday. The draft is a big deal. It is all, it is every year the Blue Jackets have the number 21 pick in the first round. Um, and yet the draft is sort of part of this whole, especially when you pick 21st, the weekend's not really about the draft, or the next few days is about the draft. Yeah, but it's about all the stuff around the draft. What did you take out of that uh, availability that that – perhaps raised your eyebrow, if anything, from Yarmo Kekalainen? Yeah, I, I don't know that there was anything massively eyebrow raising. And, you know, we can get into this here as well. But it really is such an interesting question what they're going to do in a year where a pick might be really attractive to a team that needs to move players that they can't afford under a flat cap. And when the pick isn't one that necessarily is going to bring you a game changer, and, and, and you know, Yarmo is very careful to not give away much, <laughs> but he did, he did hint that he expects this to be a bit more of an active trade, uh, excuse me, an active draft in terms of trades. So yeah. I think this might be the most, as much as Yarmo ever does, the most willingness we might have seen from him to acknowledge that things might move as opposed to holding on to every single pick that he has, which might have been the assumed posture in previous years. Yeah, right. And I, the one thing that that um, I found, I, I don't know if it was quite eyebrow raising, but it was a reassuring to what you've heard out on the in the NHL circles is that there are players available across this league right now that fan hockey fans and people within that team's fan base have no idea are available. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the NHL flat cap. Sure. The fact that the cap isn't going up and when most teams built their teams around, uh, the expectation that it was the certainty that it was, um, but also internal budgets, which in many cases are going to be significantly lower than the cap. Some have said there will be maybe eight to 10 teams closer to the floor than to the cap this year. And Yarmo can, Confirmed as much, not that part, but the idea that there are a lot of players available. There are a lot of players that in a normal circumstance would never be available that will be on the move. Um, and so if you're a guy in his position where we've done the math, we think he can add a player if they buy out, if they make trades, if they buy out Wenberg, if they if they're active um, in that respect, they may be able to add two players um, in addition. So in other words, trades that bring back, uh, they'd like to do multiple players out for a singular player to sort of um, load up on a, they need offensive talent as we've noted, but there are going to be opportunities there this year. I think the harder part for him is going to be moving established players to get established players. Does that make, am I articulating that well at all? When you say harder, you mean, Harder for him or far harder because the market you feel is what it is? I, well, I think it's going to be harder for him to to trade. 
he doesn't have to do even money in, money out. Right. But right. I think there are going to be cases where teams, and this is what you were talking about, are looking to move talent, and they can't take anything back. Um, and so sure. maybe this year, first-round draft picks are always valuable. But for a lot of these teams, like you think, well, they would if if Tampa wants has to part with Tyler Johnson, what do they want back? Well, they can't take anything close to Tyler Johnson money back, or what's the point? So right. they teams are going to be looking for commodities that don't immediately cost them a first round draft pick, especially one twenty first, is not any immediate financial outlay for that team. Um, so I guess I left that that conversation with Yarmo feeling maybe more confident that the 21 draft pick, the number 21 overall draft pick could be moved. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. So then, and some of this was funny too. So the draft is going to be done virtually. Um, <laughs> Allison, there is no, there is no draft floor now. Um, there's just a bunch of one-on-one connections among GMs. Do you, you, you have a way of thinking that's, that's more keen about these things than certainly I do. What do you think the impact of that is? A, a a draft where people are in their individual spots, but not all together. No, there's no floor. There's no hotel lobby. What's different this year? Yeah, I, this and, and you know the the sad thing is, and again, I know people don't want to hear this, but with media not being present, we miss on on catching little morsels of this as well, which you sometimes can see in a hotel lobby, to your point, or by watching the the floor globally or at a macro level. Um, At the end of the day, everything will probably go as it should, but I think there is a lot missing. I think when we talk about communication, you know, we always say that there's, there's the words, there's the tone, and there's the body language. All three of those things make up effective communication. And some of that is being removed. Even we've all been living on Zoom and we all see where we talk over each other or we're looking for something from someone that maybe we don't see or maybe something is said that's someone off camera. So I do think that a degree of familiarity, a certain degree of speed at which communications can happen effectively is going to be impacted um, by this because it's all going to be via phone. And even when they talk table to table via phone on the draft floor, you can still kind of lean over and hinge your neck and see the guy you're talking to if you need to. Um, and that's not necessarily possible here. So I think that at the end of the day, business is going to get done. It's not like anything's going to completely fall apart, but I think it's going to add a degree of difficulty that that these people have not seen before in terms of especially the pace and and the subject material that goes on during during the draft, particularly that first round. Yeah, right. And you're not going to get those the great tweets from – us lunkhead reporters saying, "Well, yes, Yarmo's over at the Devil's <laughs> table. Now he's yes. at the Stars' table. Yes. Let's see, the Stars have forwards they could use, right?" And you go, "Yarmo, well, yes. you were over at the Stars' table or the the New Jersey table a couple of years ago." Yeah, I was setting a time for Ray Shero's and I's uh, tennis match tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and maybe I shouldn't believe that, but okay, good out, good out. Um, you won't get any of that this year. Um, so uh, tell me if I've got this right. Vili Siren, well, I know this part's right. Vili Siren is with Yarmo Kekalainen physically in his house, at least he was today. And I get the sense that he's staying there and will be there through the next few days, the draft Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, I got the sense that the in Nationwide Arena, there is a room set up where the Blue Jackets front office is going to be. The scouts are going to be in a different location, their own locations. 
and there's going to be an NHL uh, draft board, and they're going to have the NHL feed in Nationwide Arena. Did you hear that? Yes. 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 Um, yeah. So I asked Yarmo or uh, Ville. So last year the Blue Jackets didn't pick until the fourth round, hundred and fourth pick <laughs> overall. Eric Yorth. <laughs> they don't have a second round and a third round pick this year either. Um, they have the first round draft pick because they did not re-sign Matt Duchesne. And so I wondered to Billy Siren, like, are you going to kill Yarmo if he trades the first and you have to wait until the fourth round to make a, a selection in the draft again? And then we were joking earlier, like, Ville knows where Yarmo keeps the steak knives. Like, Yarmo better be careful here. Because these amateur <laughs> scouts don't bust their asses to sit around for 100 picks before before they get to go. Um, serious side, though, Allison, could... I know we all want to trade uh, tomorrow for today. But is that reckless for a team to go two drafts in a row without taking any, without having a pick in the first three rounds? If should it come to that, there's a price to pay, right? Eventually, well, of course there's, of course there is. But I think, you know, the, and we watch teams do this um, and find a way to rebound because if you fight to capitalize on your window, in some ways, it makes the rebuild after a little bit easier because now you have the credibility of capitalizing on your window. Does that make yeah, sense? For sure. So particularly, in, and, and we've spoken to this and you've written on this, when we think about the key of keeping a talent like Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and building up around them to get to a winner now is important. And what you have to do is at the same time measure that long term. And that's again where we, we've hinted at this. It's the 21st overall pick. Yes, it's a first round pick, but this is not a top five pick. So what can you do to, what, what's the better bet here on the guy who's probably pretty good, probably will see the NHL, but may or may not be a game changer to move to get a game changer now. And then you enhance your culture of winning, which makes you a more attractive franchise to your current players and to future players. <sighs> you know, as long as you're firmly and thoroughly evaluating both sides of that coin, I don't know if it's reckless. I think if you're only, if you're only considering one, it's reckless, but as long as you're weighing both, um, it's, it's, a, it's a necessary evaluation right now for this team. Yeah, interesting. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, so as noted last year, Allison, they... They drafted 104, their first pick. If they move that first-round draft pick and don't get picks back, they don't go until 114 this year, which is which is wild, especially for a team that for years was always up towards the front of the draft stage uh, picking in the top five, six, seven picks. So um, quite a change there. And and to your point, I, I've always thought of it this way, and people – I think people, people say – 
all the time that, that you cannot trade your draft picks, that it does not make any sense to trade draft picks for players, that eventually that's going to bite you. And I get the idea, I, and I, I understand the, the, the sentiment. But to your point, if you trade the number 21 overall pick this year, and you don't know who that, what that player is going to be. Of course, you're going to be excited to take somebody. But just look at the draft in the 20 to 25 range. And there's some big-time hits, but there's also some big-time misses. If you can trade that today for a player that you've seen play and perform at a high level in the top six, that just makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, that, that's, that's taking away – that's letting another team buy your risk, essentially. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, it's again, if if this is if this is your win, and and you know we I we've started to talk about this more and more every off season. Is that part of this, in my opinion, is a shift for those who have followed the Blue Jackets for a long time, because for not great reasons, <laughs> as you said, the draft always used to be this really incredibly important time for the Blue Jackets because they were in the front Correct. row of the draft floor. The teams in the front row of the draft floor are the teams that didn't do well. <laughs> so um, for a long time, this was this was the highlight of the season for Blue Jackets fans. And Dallas and uh, Tampa Bay are not going to be at the front of the draft floor. Um, so which, which do you want your team to be doing when it's their window? Um, and so it, I right. think what we're exploring here is all this nuance of what it means for what the draft is actually is is changing for the blue jackets it used to be who's the next savior and right. now it, it's really becoming more of what it needs to be which is appropriate management and development of a de- of a development pipeline that aligns with the goals of our franchise right now yeah i have always viewed the draft as sort of the the going around go on in monopoly yeah <laughs> yeah for sure right I mean, every year it's the way that the league pumps new commodities into the league. It's currency. Mm -hmm. And every year you get, you get a new boost of currency and it's yours to do with as you, as you see fit. The saddest thing about the early years of this franchise with the blown draft picks and you say, well, everybody does it. And it's true. But to have those seasons that were just out of it and done by, by Thanksgiving and still not get the reward that's due you at the end of the year, right? So all of that suffering is in vain. Like that that's what yes. like Pittsburgh, Chicago, those teams, they they have done that Washington, they've done their their suffering right, where they've gotten compensated um divinely in some cases for their suffering. Uh, here's here's a, a game changing player and the Blue Jackets have suffered the same fate as those teams, but never had the reward. Now, like you said, they're in a different spot where the the draft pick is today currency, not tomorrow currency. I just wonder if you can, because you know, this is a this is a franchise that has to continually restock and resupply. I don't I don't think it can have these big wide waves that some other franchises do and just buy their way back out of it. Like the Kings are going to be pretty good in a few years. Um, the Red Wings may be in a decent team in a, in a few years um you've got to you've got to keep the flow going but i think you're right it's time it's time to see results in columbus and not draft 
uh, just a player just because you don't have the the courage to lift that pick. One thing I'll I'll take issue with that um, Yarmo said today. I don't think you draft for you do not draft for position, and that's something that the GMs get asked all the time. Right. You don't draft for immediate NHL position, but I do think you draft for prospect balancing position. In other words, if you've gone five years without taking a defenseman in the first round, if you've taken four defensemen in the last four drafts or five drafts, as the Blue Jackets have, only one of them above the fourth round, do you need if and and I think Yarmo said it to me earlier in the week. I have to go back and look at the quote. If all things are equal, you maybe right. lean toward a position that your depth chart could use. What are your thoughts on that? You're not drafting for an NHL hole at 21, but do you do you purely take best player, or do you think about your your depth chart, your organizational prospect depth chart? Yeah, it's a great question, and again, I think it. it as you highlighted there, it depends on where you are drafting. If you're top five, yeah, you're drafting. I mean, you're going best player available, but you're also going for need because there's a really good chance that player's hitting your roster quite soon. Um, yeah. But I think that when we when we start to look at the longer term and, and that these scouts are so knowledgeable, they understand and they know already even contractually as well as colloquially how much longer is a prospect going to be in this minor league or in Europe or here or there in terms of what is a realistic time frame for a player to even potentially be ready to play in the NHL. And so I think you do have to say we're going best player available, but there is an advantage. You can't draft defensemen every pick every year and expect to be okay because if you do that – now what's happening is you can get out of it, but you have to do a lot of wrangling. You're back into this, well, who wants to trade for my five prospect defensemen so I can get one right. forward in the system? So yeah, I think it definitely has to be weighed. I, I, it feels to me like when you really talk to an NCAA coach um, and the scholarships that they have to meter out, because it's the same thing. There might be a tremendous forward out there, but if you have forwards on scholarship, flush through what's going to be the four years of that forward as schooling. If that forward isn't a game breaker, you might give that scholarship to a defenseman or a goalie instead. And I'm way oversimplifying it, but um, yes, you have to factor it in. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, Yarmo Kekalan further said, um, well, he didn't want to update the, the, the contract talks with Anderson or Dubois. I know he wants to get this done before the draft. I'm not sure it does. I think that now becomes part of the leverage of the other team. The other side, of course, the agents of the players is to is to go with this um, as long as it can. Um, Allison, do you do you suspect that there are surprises in roster surprises in order for the Blue Jackets here over the next? three or four days. In other words, we're talking about who they're going to add. 
will do you see potential that there's a surprise for who's not here when the dust settles on the other side of all this? Mm. I don't know if it's a surprise only because we've talked about it so much. Um, you know, really outside of prob of Seth Jones and probably Zach Wierenski and, and Pierre-Luc Dubois, I mean, I would feel like anybody else could be here. Anybody else could not be here. Um, and it's going to be about those moves for sure. And I, to me, that's more related to, to the trade side versus the contractual side. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. And there's, there's really not much of an indication that the Blue Jackets will be a big player in free agency. Um, Yarmo Keklanen has said that as, as much. It's not his preferred course. I do think this, there, as, as we've noted throughout this, there's a strong chance one of, the goaltenders, one of the goaltenders gets moved if the offer is right. It's a very strange goaltending market right now. Um, there's so many guys available uh, through free agency especially. So like Detroit's going to sign a free agent. I've been told that their desire is to sign one through free agency rather than a trade. Uh, Jimmy Howard is not going to be back with the Red Wings. If the Blue Jackets move one of their goaltenders, Allison, they're going to need um, a goaltender coming back. That's where I think free agency could be used to answer uh, roster holes created by trades. Um, what are your thoughts on on that now as we get close to uh, the days where things can really can really go down and happen quickly? The idea of trading one of those goaltenders now and applying free agency for a temporary fix. Jimmy Howard's going to be out there from Detroit. There's so many guys. I shouldn't just mention him. There's a million free agent goaltenders out there this year. Uh, signing a veteran player on a sh- very short-term contract. Um, your thoughts on upheaving that position at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, as much as there are these free agent goaltenders out on the market, the the nice thing about the two goaltenders in Columbus are that they are young, and they are cost controlled, and they are cost controlled at, in my opinion, an affordable price point, um, which may not be the exact conversation you're having with, albeit established veteran goaltenders, free agent goaltenders who might mm-hmm. not want to play for the money that these two make. Um, and we've known that if the deal is right, um, one of the two could be moving. So I, I like that move. I, you know, we've we've joked about this, but. It's not always great to be the youngest team in the league. And so it, it, that's a position where if um, one of the two currently on the roster moves, that's a really nice role for a veteran, particularly someone who understands the demands of the position, can help settle and build up the remaining goaltender, um, and also professionally understand and manage the requirements of maybe being a backup or a one B um, and understanding that's the role. So uh, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Here's something that's popped up in the, just the, the talk around this team in the last week or so, as I've poked around and tried to figure things out, there's a sense, and I think this might be something that goes around the league because the league's gotten so young that the blue jackets and this connects to the goaltender, because it will likely be, if it's a free agent, it's going to be a veteran player that the Blue Jackets need more veteran voices. And I think we think their veteran voices are pretty good with Felino and, and Atkinson and Jones is a veteran player now. Do you, you've been in the room, you know the dynamics of this team. Do you sense that this team could use more seasoned, grizzled vets who've been through it before? 
Um, what, what would we articulate as what a seasoned veteran would bring to the room? I'm not being difficult. I'm, that's a serious question. No, 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 I understand. A uh, guy who's been through it before, uh, another okay. voice that can, that can, can talk, another voice that can interpret a coach to a player, another, um, older voice that maybe connects to younger guys in the, the room, a guy that's done it before. Four, so a person that you put into the lineup knowing rather than hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had that articulated to me from a couple people that, that that's something the Blue Jackets are would should look to do or perhaps will look to do to add established players who have been through playoff pushes and games before. Now, I, this team's a lot more experienced in that regard than they used to be. Um, but I wonder if you if you get that sense that they could use more guys that have, and you know what, what I, I, it's really interesting to me when Dallas, the stars signed Pavelski and and Corey Perry last year, I thought they were crazy. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. I thought it was like the the exact wrong thing to do. The retreads, um, Spezza going to Toronto after he was in Dallas, I believe. Like, this just isn't the way the league's going. But I wonder if teams are, are rethinking that based upon the success that the Stars had. And frankly, the benefit that those guys uh, gave to them. Not so much in the regular season, but in the postseason. Yeah, it's an interesting question. And I think what's interesting about it is it's caref- we have to be careful to say that, yes, it's a good idea without making it sound like something's wrong. Right? I, I don't think this yeah. is about something being wrong. But no. I think I think that a culture... Any culture can get too complacent. Any culture can get too complacent. And so healthy challenge of that is always valuable. Um, I, I know I'm maybe not in the majority all the time on this, but I think one of the key pieces of this franchise's evolution was when Scott Hartnell was here. Because that guy was not afraid to question things. That guy was not afraid to challenge things. He had had lessons on the ice. He had had success on the ice. Um, And so I could see in in a similar vein, something like that being valuable for sure. Um, You know, it's it's kind of the the blessing and the curse of when you do get along with everyone in the room so well, that's great. But sometimes you need to not a little bit to grow um, and push through some of the, the norms that have existed. And particularly if we think about the fact that such a player as we're describing, in theory, should also add value on the ice, um, yeah, I, I yeah, mean, right. again, I'm not saying there's some huge problem and holy crap, they need veteran presence in the room, but I could see the advantage and the benefit of doing so. Yeah, I think they're good enough there. I think they could be better. Yeah, agree. Yeah. And what's interesting to me is veteran in the NH in the NHL used to be 35-36. Right. Right. Now it's 30-32. Exactly. Really, it is. Like, I mean, how old Corey Perry is? How old? He was 05 draft so so he's 33 he seems like he should be 40 to me i know it's insane i mean he's been around forever um but yeah those guys aren't old they just seem old in the in the current nhl um so we're going to we're going to of course stay uh on the two weeks schedule here with uh two a week schedule here with front nationwide um, can't say we're going to do one on Tuesday. We're going to wait for the draft pick to be made. We're going to wait to see what happens with the first round of the draft. So 
We may do one Tuesday evening. We may do one Wednesday morning. Uh, so, but there won't be one Tuesday morning. And then we'll let you know uh, Tuesday what we're thinking for later in the week. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday are the draft. We suspect there'll be a lot of stuff going on those two days. Um, free agency starts the, the the day after. Does free agency start on Thursday or Friday, Allison? I think it might be. Th- I, I think, it's, I think Friday. it's Friday. I think it's Friday. Yeah. Yes. So there's a day for trades in there, which is nice of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be. Uh, we suspect it's going to be hectic. We suspect the Blue Jackets are going to be in the middle of it. Uh, we're going to post either uh, over the weekend or Monday a what we're hearing about the Blue Jackets and where uh, where this could be going. What the scuttlebutt around the league is about them. Um, so there's, there's, uh, lots of, uh, stuff potentially that's going to happen. Much of it, I suspect will. Any final thoughts from you, Allison, as we get ready to sort of take a deep breath and, and, uh, get ready for the, the madness? Uh, no, just, uh, buckle up and let's see how exciting it can or cannot get. Yeah. I can't wait to do lines at this point next week. Oh, here I we mean, go. lines like forward lines, not lines of something right. else. I, um, no, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so, well, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, being with us as always. And we'll talk to you uh, next Wednesday uh, after the draft is taken care of. Thanks to the great Danielle Lehman, our producer, and thanks to David Cook for our intro and outro music. And we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.